double down trick you might want to tune in talking gambling and sports predicting who might win pop culture to movies let's start up the combo ryan and aaron man versus the motto keep it authentic and it's always live so competitive so you know it's always hype make sure you subscribe trust you don't want to miss going all in here on double down trick hey yeah double down trick let's go This is Double Down Trent. Welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies talk sports, gambling, and pop culture. We have a little bit of a curveball for you all today. Our charismatic leader, Ryan, is down in the dumps. He is not feeling that good. So we have the model, Aaron, myself, along with our NFL insider, Coulter, having to do a stand-in. Coulter, how's it going? Doing great, man. Uh, it was a strong week for the both of us. Really just uh, has been lightning fire on this the pool that we're in. Uh, you're chasing me down. I think you're down about five points. And Rusty, uh, Ryan's dad, is down by three. And it is like, it's neck and neck. I mean, these last couple of weeks have been just so strong. I mean, since week 12, I've gone 12, 12, 9, and 13. And I've only won one week. So, I mean, that tells you how hot this pool is. And there was only one guy that went under 500 in week 16. So this is a this is a pool of sharks here. They're it's, circling me too. I'm feeling a little nervous. It's been impressive. You've been doing really well. You've kind of gotten a little distance between yourself and second place, certainly between yourself and me who's in third. I think there's five between us. But yeah, over the last couple of weeks, people have been hitting. I've hard. just been happy to yeah, I've just been happy to kind of con- consolidate my spot in third place. I've been worried. Yeah, I mean, a 12 and four week this late in the season is rare and to see i think it was seven guys got to that 12 win number that is just ridiculously high for the pool so everyone that we're we're playing with should be very happy with their performance i know i am i mean a professional handicapper aims to go 55 percent, and right now i'm a little under 60 so i do love that on the season unfortunately for our listeners i've just been (laughs) i've been dragging my knuckles on the gravel here uh with the picks in the pod but uh Got one well, winner, I guess, with the Saints last week, but just a struggle. So thanks you, for the listeners for listening through this season and dealing with some of the losses on the podcast. But there are winners in the pool, I promise. There's lots of winners in the pool, considering that you're head and shoulders above uh, everyone in first place. Speaking of picks, let's go into last night's game. We're recording this on Christmas Eve. It's a Tuesday. We just came off the game between Green Bay and Minnesota on Monday night. What were your takeaways from that game? Big takeaway was that you ended up getting second in the pot, the pool because you had a low total, and I really oh, yeah. wish I looked at that more. Uh, those two teams did not want to score points, and that was very evident from the very beginning of that game. Uh, Green Bay is very one-dimensional in the passing game, and it, that was staggering to me last night. Adams is an amazing player, a Pro Bowl talent, and one of the five best receivers in the game, but they really do not have anybody else besides him uh, going vertical. Rodgers can't go downfield. Cousins can't go downfield. That was an under special. And uh, that's the one you could have won your Christmas gift money with because that was a gift from the bookies. I think it ended up with, what, 33 points and the over-under was 46 or something. Yeah. I mean, man, that is – and it, it wasn't even close ever in that game. When I say it was 3-3 after one quarter, I think, or something like that, it was just – both offenses seemed so um, – just pedestrian and they just didn't want to look like they they didn't look like they were going to be going explosive at all cousins did he even attempt a pass that was 20 yards downfield or i think he did he did at the end and then it was incomplete or they had the holding call at the very end of that game so but yeah i mean cousins can't trust him on monday night i guess that's the big takeaway and cook 
is a lot more valuable. I mean, that spread was juicy four and a half. I mean, it really should have been moved all the way down to two and a half. I think if cook is worth a full two points and that Minnesota offense was nothing without him. Yeah. So a comment and a question for you. So cousins finished 16 completions on 31 attempts, 122 yards with a touchdown and interception. Yikes. Just seems like a ton of check down passes and not a whole lot going. The question for you, what are your thoughts on Matt LaFleur, Green Bay's head coach this year? Are you in or are you out? Oh, man, not to punt on this question, but I, I finally have came up with four tiers of bad coaching that we'll get to in a second. But LaFleur isn't in any of them because I think he's he's had such a wildly successful year at 12 and three that you can't say that he's a bad coach. But I, I mean, there's definitely been things that he's done that are questionable. I think. And we said this a few weeks ago, what he did, he reminds me a lot of Matt Nagy. And so I think he's a first year coach who's having a lot of success in that spot. But I think we're going to see in a second year that he's not as good as uh, the record shows. So I guess the bottom line is fade him in 2020. Right now, I think it's kind of a mixed bag. I don't think he has the goods to win them, win a Super Bowl in Green Bay this season. But I mean, I, you know, you certainly can't bet against him at 12 and three. The defense is playing great under Mike Pettin. Uh, I really like him as a coordinator. I'd argue he's the coordinator of the year because they're getting a lot out of that front seven. Um, they were just nasty last night. Minnesota's offensive line had been problematic in past seasons, but they've been playing well. I was pretty stunned to see them get beat around last night like the way they did. Uh, pass blocking is a huge problem for them, at least from what I saw. And huge kudos to the Packers. So with last night's win, they take the NFC North title. They're still, I think currently they're, in the second seed, but lots still to come uh, based on results this coming weekend. So we will see where they land, but they're certainly set up nicely for the playoffs. I'm loving my Green Bay, Kansas City preseason parlay for the Super Bowl. It's looking like it could really happen. And all I need to do is really get those two, those two teams in the final four, and then I can start hedging that one out somehow. So there's definitely ways to make money on that. I'm, I'm pretty excited that KC and Green Bay look like they're playing their best football when it matters most. They're kind of peaking like New England does normally at this point of the year. Definitely something to look for. I'm going to be excited to watch that. All right, you want to talk to me a little bit about these coaching? What do you got in the back of your mind? Yeah, this will go greatly uh, transitioning into our best bets. But yeah, so so it took me all year to figure this one out, but there's really four degrees of bad coaching. There's the dead man walking group. Uh, and, and this is full of my least favorite names, Kitchens, Garrett, Marone. You don't want to end up taking these guys. I have more times than I would have liked to this year. Those three, they're really, really bad coaches. They can't adjust at halftime. That's why they're, they're separated from the rest of the pack. They don't do anything innovative. They don't, they don't adjust at halftime. They're terrible motivators. They can't win on the road as favorites. Uh, Kitchens and Garrett, especially as I'm sure you've seen that throughout this season, whenever they're favored and on the road, you got to go the opposite way. Don't get tempted by the talent on those two teams uh, and just disappointing years from all three. And I think all three are going to get fired. The second group I have is these are bad coaches, but I call it the Matt group. This is Matt Nagy and Patricia. You can still profit off of these guys if you bet against them uh, in correct spots, which I think you and I have done a lot this year. Oh, yeah. Um they, they may get retained. It looks like Patricia's going to come back. Nagy will probably get another year in Chicago because Trubisky stinks. And I think actually what's ironic here is Adam Gase is also part of this Matt group. Uh, he was in that dead man walking group for a while this season, uh, but I think he's got to be reclassified because he's going to get another year in New York. That team has played a lot better for him 
Uh, and again, it's the same thing as the other two guys. If you pick correctly against them, you can really win a lot of money. It's just one to know when to bet on this guy like Adam Gase. Uh, you know, spots like when he's getting seven and a half points against the Cowboys at home. That's a good spot for Adam Gase. Well, and speaking of that, I took Adam Gase and the New York football Jets last week. I think they were getting two As and a half I. points you against know Pittsburgh. This guy, it's it, home games where they're dogs. I don't have the stat in front of me, but those two Steelers and Cowboys are just two spots where they've been dogs and they've won straight up. So I think you got to know when to when to bet on Adam Gase to be an effective handicapper. He drives you mad, of course, just like Matt Nagy and Patricia, because I don't think he's a good coach, but he does win in good spots sometimes. And so it's like he's kind of wearing two hats at once and just deceiving us as betters. And I don't want to give too much away, but uh, Adam Gase's Jets may be coming back to uh, be a discussion topic when I go through my picks I've, for this coming I've, week. I'm definitely looking at them for sure. And then the the last two groups are actually one and the same, but I've kind of split them. This is the Pat Shermer purgatory group is is 1A, and that this is what Kaz knows more than all of us. Uh, you know, these guys are guys that might get another year. Anthony Lynn is in, uh, earned induction here after last week's loss that we just talked about. Dan Quinn, uh, who is in that first group for 80% of the year, that dead man walking group, he's kind of now fluctuated into this Pat Shermer group where he's in purgatory. The team is playing hard for him. They're winning games in December that they probably shouldn't be winning. And now we don't know what to do. And it's like Atlanta, New York, those are, and, and the Chargers, three teams that I really look to next season. Do you really want to retain these guys? Because you know what you're going to get. It's going to be more eight and eight mediocrity or less. Uh, but they probably will get retained, at least two of the three of them. Um, that's a tough group. And then here are the – this is my favorite group. These are the coaches who you could present a case should be in this third group with Pat Quinn uh, – or Pat Shermer, Dan Quinn, and Anthony Lynn, but they have to be a part of their own group. Uh, they have to be separated from Pat Shermer because <laughs> Pat Shermer actually stinks, and these guys have actually won some, something. So I call them, we're winners, but don't get comfortable with us, guys. <laughs> And first, we have Doug Peterson, who we saw on Sunday, uh, our coach, Jason Garrett. This guy's gone from – he was a top-five coach in my rankings at the beginning of the year. Now he's – then he was bottom 10 at one point. Now he's back in the top 10. All in one year, it's been a wild ride for him. Uh, he's technically not on the fence for his coaching job. So, again, not like Pat Shermer. But you got to think that this guy's a winner, but at the same time, he's been all over the place this year. And John Gruden is the other one that comes to mind in this category. Uh I know you've had the Raiders on a few best bets. This is it's it's a crazy year for this Raiders team. They've looked at it like a playoff club, then they lose at home to Jacksonville. It's it, really a tough team to gain any sort of perspective on. Eagles and Raiders, those are kind of we're winners, but don't get comfortable with us guys. Yeah, and for the Oakland Raiders, to me, this is a team that's immensely outperformed my expectations for them. They're currently sitting at seven and eight with a small a chance to be able to even sneak into the playoffs to me they've just been way better than what i would have anticipated as for the eagles i think injuries all year have really just impacted them i still think peterson's a pretty decent coach but to me they've just been absolutely decimated especially on the offensive side of the ball that he's just been needing to uh plug holes wherever possible and they've just been limping to the finish yeah, you hit the nail on the head with the injury thing. I think Gruden has also dealt with a lot of injuries, and he had the A-B drama earlier this year. And so, again, just to be clear for the listeners, I think Doug Peterson and John Gruden are good coaches. They've clearly won at the professional level, but they've done things this season. They've lost games, Peterson to Miami, Gruden to Jacksonville, and you're just scratching your head being like, why can't I find the target on these guys? And it's because of those kind of games. So 
they're not in the bottom 10 of the league, but they're definitely in this subsection of the Pat Shermer purgatory, which is which I call the we're winners, but don't get comfortable with this, guys. Uh, I'm burying the lead here because there's a third guy who belongs in this group. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see if you can get who it is because this is actually the key to my. This is this coach is leading the team that is going to be my conditional best bet of not only the week but of the year. So can you guess the coach who's also in this? We're winners, but don't get comfortable with us, guys. Group. Give me. Is it AFC or NFC? Oh, it's AFC. He's a bad coach who I've not named in this whole rant. I mean, he's he's people think he's not good, but he is technically a winner. Don't tell me it's Bill O'Brien. It's Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Houston has scored 50 points in a game this season. They've beat the Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champions, and they've quietly gone four and one in their division and covered the spread in all their wins. Uh, they've won it four times in five years. Houston based on those stats, is a great team, right? But they've also lost by 34 to the Ravens. They lost to Kyle Allen and Drew Locke in their first road starts. And they almost lost to Gardner Minshew in his first ever career start. It's been a completely wild season. If you think the Eagles and the Raiders have taken you on a roller coaster, try betting the Texans every week. Uh, It's hard to bet on Houston like I did last week as a best bet, but I'm dipping back into the well this week. Conditional best bet of the year is on the Houston Texans plus four. I love this. I, you want me just to jump right into it? Yeah, so let's just go into your pick right now since you're already alluding to it. This yeah. is a Texans team that's playing Tennessee, and this has big divisional implications, right? They already have it wrapped up for Tennessee's Correct. playoff positioning. But yeah, this is a, it's an important distinction. When I say conditional, it really is based off of the early game, Kansas City. So Kansas City, if they lose, Houston uh, has a chance to be the third seed. I don't understand how the Texans, if they're playing for the third seed in the AFC playoffs, can possibly be an underdog. I'm so confused by this line. I know Kansas City is a heavy favorite, but let's be honest here. The Chargers went into Arrowhead last year and, and won. They were seven-point underdogs on Thursday Night Football. Phillip Rivers has played more games at this stadium than any other stadium uh, in, in the league. I mean, this guy's familiar with Arrowhead. I know that the Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites right now, but all it takes is the Chargers to win that game early on in the day. And I think the NFL has screwed the scheduling up here. This is the only I've looked the schedule up, up and down. They've they've literally marked all the games to play in clusters. I'm sure you've seen that, too, where it's like the Eagles and the Cowboys are playing at the same time and the Titans and the Steelers are playing at the same time. They've messed this up big time. And I wonder if they are going to revise the schedule because Kansas City is playing early and Houston is playing late. They should be playing at the same time. This impacts the seeding directly. I think Kansas City goes down. You've got the conditional best bet of the entire season on Texans plus four. They're getting way too much points. They should be, honestly, they should be a four-point favorite if Kansas City loses. They should be favorited by eight. So that's an eight-point swing, or four, I should say, the eight-point swing on the spread. That's just on if Kansas City wins. So it's a conditional best bet of the year. I love the value. I'm going to take the value. I actually even like Houston here without Kansas City winning. I think they're just the better team. Um, I don't know. It's, it's not my best bet, best bet if, if Kansas City wins, but it's a conditional best bet. If Kansas City beats the Chargers, you can't get enough of Houston plus four. I think they'll probably take it off the book, honestly. They, they, you won't be able to bet it before the game. Okay, so let me just make sure I have this straight. You are making this your non-key pick for this week. You're taking... The Houston no, this Texans is, this plus is, four. This is the key pick. I'm just wow. doing it. With, uh, I'm doing it with an asterisk, of course, that it's not. I, I probably won't use it as the key pick in the pool, but I, for the listeners, 
for people that want to play and, and get down on it, I, I think Houston plus four is great. I mean, it's a long shot, but history could repeat itself again with Rivers. And history has repeated itself. And if it does, it's going to open up a potential Armageddon for the bookies. They're not going to want to have Houston plus four out there on Sunday afternoon if, if the Chargers are looking like they're going to pull an upset. And, and even after just disparaging Bill O'Brien, you are getting back on the bandwagon. You're back in bed with the Houston Texans. Well, yeah, these are this is the group. This is the, I'm bringing it full circle here. We're, we're winners, but don't get comfortable with us, guys. And I'm getting maybe a little too comfortable with Bill O'Brien this week, but I like him in this spot. I really do. I don't know why. I think it just it sets up where Tennessee thinks that they're playing for a playoff spot. Houston's their division rival. They don't want to see Tennessee in this game. They don't want to be in there, and they don't want to play Buffalo either. I think Houston is more motivated than this line thinks, and that's why I like the plus four win or lose for Kansas City. I like Houston. It's best bet of the season if Kansas City loses early on in the day, and I'm going to look to exploit the NFL scheduling mistake because this is a potential nightmare for the books. It really is. Uh, And when I say Armageddon, I'm not lying. I think this is a real huge spot. All Kansas City has to do is lose, and Houston plus four is a gigantic advantage. That's a huge bet for a huge uh, advantage for betters out there, I think. All right, so I poke fun, but I too am going to be right there alongside you. I too am taking Houston at plus three and a half or plus four, whatever we see. The lines for our, our pool have not come out yet, so we're having to look at the live market right now. We'll see what they lock in at. Uh, you know, a Mike Vrabel team has like the tenacity and the toughness that makes me worried, especially at the end of the year. Now with Derek Henry, not playing last week, I didn't hesitate to go against them, but I'm wondering if he's going to be back for this week. Cause this is going to be a huge game. Do you have any idea? They've said Henry is going to play, but I actually really didn't like the way that they did that where they almost, they used week 16 as a bye week I hate when teams do that. I think you just, you kind of uh, hinted at the bills and jets. I love the jets I really do, but I think Buffalo, if McDermott knows what he's doing, I think he's going to need to know that they need to play. They, they can't treat Week 17 as a bye week and then go into the first round of the playoffs. Uh, I, I just don't think that strategy works, and I think it's going to bite Vrabel here. I think Houston is playing, uh, you know, they did just lose to the Broncos a few weeks ago, but they're playing well at the right time. And I don't think Bill O'Brien, I mean, this guy is the king of uh, playing in the first round. He knows exactly what to do. I don't think he's going to just sit Deshaun Watson and rest guys. Um, he wants his team to be playing well. So yeah, the, the fake bye week in week 17, I think smarter coaches are going to actually play their starters a little longer than most average fans think. So I don't know how you feel on that Buffalo game, but you did hint that it was one of your best bets. So might as well just get into that one too. Yeah, let's do that one right now. So very similar to you. I'm going to go with my key pick first, and I'm going to be taking the Buffalo Bills minus one and a half over the New York football jets. To me, a lot of what you just said, I, I want to see them continue with the momentum, continue to play their starters just so that they feel that everything's kind of clicking on all cylinders. To me, I was surprised to see this game as close as it was. I would have expected the Buffalo to Bills to be favored by by maybe three um, instead of one and a half. I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't seen news yet, and we'll probably get more as the week progresses. Uh, if they are going to choose to sit their starters, then that's going to have huge implications. But to me, Buffalo's defense is just a really good uh, unit. And with uh, the mobility that they have at quarterback, I, I think they're going to score some points. So I actually see them winning this game pretty easy. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the Jets, 
it would have been best bet of the year on the Steelers this past week if the Steelers had Josh Allen as quarterback. I mean, it's that plain and that simple. That Jets offensive line is atrocious. I don't love that team by any means. I picked them specifically to go against the quarterback, and they were getting points at home. Those are the only two reasons why I picked them. Uh, they don't have that advantage this week. Josh Allen's a player. I think you and I are in similar spots. It's more of a conditional thing of the best bet. With If Buffalo plays Josh Allen, you got to go with Buffalo. If they're saying he's not playing at all in this game, then I maybe look to go with the Jets, taking another back backup quarterback on. Uh, but right now, if Buffalo is intending to play its starters, this is a near best bet for me as well. And I think McDermott, I think he's going to realize that this is not a spot where he should just necessarily rest everybody. He should play his guys and get them in kind of game mode. I mean, they're playing a game in seven days. This is not the time to take the foot off the gas pedal, at least in my opinion. Okay, so I just uh, got a text from Ryan, who's on his deathbed uh, of illness. And he's texted in his key pick and his non-key pick. You ready to go there? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let's continue to do the key picks first. So key pick Casale came back yet again last week. He had a winner. I think he's up to what, 13 and 3? He is up there, yeah. it's got That sounds right. Okay, so his key pick this week, he is taking Kansas City minus 8 over the LA football chargers. What's your reaction to that? Yeah. So that would debunk everything I just said about Houston. And I don't necessarily hate that. I mean, the chargers are lifeless at five and 10. They have nothing to play for Kansas city is at home. They have everything to play for. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't And Kansas city's defense. I should actually say too, is really playing well. Uh, so I, I can't say I hate that pick. The one thing I would say against it is Kansas city can't run the football. Um, and so you're really relying on Patrick Mahomes to drop back and they've got pass rushers in LA. They've got Bosa, they've got Ingram, they have James in the secondary. So you're kind of going strength against strength. So eight points is a lot, but I, I, I can't, I mean, just philosophically speaking, Kansas city has everything to play for Chargers have nothing. So I can't say I hate that pick. I'm going to lean towards Kansas city right now. You got to go with the better coach over Anthony Lynn. The Chargers just burned me with that said, I do still love my Houston play. And so therefore I, part of me somewhere deep down the sick part of me, the unhealthy part of me still likes the chargers on the money. line, (laughs) (laughs) Like the 5% chance. That is dark. All right. If, if I had to make you guess who is going to be the quarterback that backs up Philip rivers. And I want to know, is there any chance that we get someone who just comes in and plays this final week? Or do you think rivers is going to play? Who do you think is behind him? I think the backup is Cardell Jones, is it not? The old Ohio State quarterback? Oh, really? I'm looking, so I'm looking right now. It's Tyrod Taylor would be my guess as to the backup. Oh, okay, that's right. They do have Tyrod. That's a good point. I forgot that they got him. Why haven't they tried him more this season? I feel like he's a he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, the other person that I'm seeing as a rookie who's listed on their roster is Easton Stick out of North Dakota State. Okay, yeah, that's the guy who replaced Wentz. I don't know why I thought Cardell Jones was there. He was there at some point. I forgot that they added Tyrod Taylor. That you know, but if they get Tyrod Taylor, I think that adds a little spunk to them. I think the mobility helps. Uh, I I don't know. I I want to. I agree with with Kaz on this one, but there is a part of me that again likes that Houston play, and I I don't know. I want to take advantage of it. I feel like the NFL schedule makers really have set up Vegas for a potential windfall here, and I I would love nothing more than to get the bookie right before the end of 2019. So what you're telling me is you're giving me a pick that I know I need to fade 
on the pod and it aligns with key pick Casale. This to me might have to be my key pick for this coming weekend because it's a can't miss if those two align nicely. Yeah. Well, I'm undecided on the Kansas City spread, but yeah, no, I, I would definitely like, uh, I'd like to see Houston. I'd like to see the Chargers win and then Houston cover. That would be what I'm at, what I'm actually aiming for, but I'll probably, again, leaning towards Kansas City in the pool, but we'll make that decision as when the spread comes out and I get to look at it a little bit more. Okay, let's uh, do Cazalet's non-key pick before we go back and do both of our non-key picks. So he texted in, his non-key pick is going to be Denver minus three and a half over the <laughs> Oakland Raiders. What's your reaction? This is a classic. I bet everybody's going with Oakland because they're still a live pick. I love the Broncos here because this is a chance to ruin the Raiders' season. Maybe I'm wearing my my blue and orange blinders here, but I, I this is my favorite game of the year for Denver. I just said that to one of my friends who's a Bronco fan the other day, and he was like, well, how is this your favorite game? And I was like, this is our arch rival. We can literally ruin their season. It doesn't get any better than that, especially in a loss season for us and one that we're not like playing for the top five pick. We're in somewhere in the teens. Who cares what the pick is? Let's go out and win the game. Let's get another win for Drew Locke. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little biased here, but I'm actually going to, I'm going to fully agree with Casale here. I love, I love everyone's on the Raiders too. I mean, this team is not as good as uh, people are thinking just because they beat the Chargers last week. They're overrated right now, and the public's all on them. And it's been an incredibly pleasant surprise to see how Locke has played. I really, you and I have talked about this in the past. I don't want to get too fixated on it because I'm really wanting to make sure that we don't send it down the tubes too quickly. But 27 points scored last week. Uh, three points against Kansas City two weeks ago, 38 against the Texans, 23 against the Chargers. Locke has certainly got this offense moving a little bit better than what they had been doing previously. I would love to see that continue, and I, I like them in this spot too. I, I would love to take the Broncos uh, plus three and a half here. Yeah, maybe the emotional hedge for you and I would be to take the Raiders on the money line or something. But really, if you're if you're just trying to bet the game straight up, I think you have to know that the Raiders are playing for a playoff spot, and everybody in America knows that and thinks that and is betting on that. And this is just a classic public fade. Give me the better team. Give me at home. Revenge spot too. I mean, one could argue – the Broncos win that Monday night game to start the season. This is a totally different season. This could be a playoff season for Denver. They're, they're going to want revenge. And I think I mentioned it last week when Kaz picked the Broncos. They had a couple of guys that were picked over in the Pro Bowl that weren't selected. These guys are mad. This is a defensive unit that feels that they should have three or four guys on that Pro Bowl uh, team. And uh, they showed it against Detroit. So I, I was happy that that came out. And as you said, Locke is playing well. Don't want to jinx it, but... I think we're getting the better quarterback here, better team, better quarterback, revenge spot. We're getting all the factors I like. Oakland, smoke and mirrors. I mean, we just went over with Gruden. They've had so many highs, so many lows. Can't trust them. The other thing I don't trust, Josh Jacobs is likely going to be back and playing this game, but his shoulder is still pretty banged up. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back and plays decently, but to me, he is far from 100%, and uh, that will probably impact their offensive game planning. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was the key to that win earlier in the year. I mean, without him on the field, their offense would have definitely sputtered. I know Carr looked good, but I mean, he was just throwing short little passes. Uh, yeah, I think we have the safeties to take out Waller and the corners to take out their receivers. And it really just comes down to, you're right, the running game. So, I mean, Jacobs with the hurt shoulder, I'll take our team. I'll take the Broncos. Okay, so let's now transition. We covered Ryan's two picks. Let's go to back to you for your non-key pick. What do you got? Uh, I'm staying in the AFC South and someone could call me a chicken for avoiding all these playoff games, but 
I'm just liking the Colts minus four. I think it's a simple one. The line is seems light to me. The Jags have nothing to play for. No real home field advantage. Their coach is being fired. Their GM is already on his way out. There's no leadership on this team as they have a backup quarterback. Uh, why isn't this a full touchdown? The Colts are better physically and defensively and in almost all the skill positions. They're motivated to get to eight wins. This is a seven, eight, seven and eight team. They want to be 500. They want to build on that for next season. I just think that they're better prepared, better coached. And I saw it last week. Carolina was had an interim coach, and Wright, uh, Frank Wright ran circles around that interim staff. Uh, so this is the biggest coaching mismatch of the week for me. I looked at him up and down. Uh, and this is the last time I can fade Doug Marone, so I'm just going to. It makes sense <laughs> to me. Yeah, it's an easy one to fire on. When it's like, when you tell me you only have one, and I was going to say my other, uh, beside my conditional best bet, my other best bet is Cincinnati against the Browns. I don't really care what the spread is. Give me an extra opportunity to bet against Freddie Kitchens. I just think that guy is abysmal. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, Colts minus four. I, I like uh, fading Doug Marone one last time. I, I consider that a little holiday present to myself. Oh, man. So this this was my non-key pick as well. Exactly right. Indianapolis minus four. To me, I think there's the Colts are still dealing with some injuries, so that might be one of the reasons why this line is still closer than what I would have anticipated. But Jacksonville has turned into a hot dumpster fire. I think they're just going to be wanting to head out for the season and get nicely positioned for a, a better draft pick than what they would have gotten. I think they'll continue to play Minshew just to see if he's going to be a real deal or not. But to me, I, I love Indianapolis in this spot, and I actually think that they still have a, a small chance to make the playoffs. So I see them as coming in super motivated to try to win this game. Do I have that right? Or am I thinking, are they actually out? I think the Raiders are the only seven and eight team that can still make it other than the Cowboys, of course. Um, yeah. I think the Colts were officially eliminated with that said, I think that eight and eight is more important uh, than most people think. And to circle back to the jets game, actually, I think them getting to seven and nine is important for that locker room too. It's almost a point of pride that they had the, whole issue with Darnold earlier in the year. So I wouldn't look at that six and nine Jets team and say they have nothing to play for because for them, I think seven and nine does mean something. And this Colts team, eight and eight means a lot. Their quarterback retired two weeks before the season. It's a remarkable coaching job if they get to eight and eight. Their division was a lot better than a lot of people expected too. So eight and eight in that division is very respectable. And yeah, we've done this a couple of times on the pod throughout the year, just two teams that are heading in different directions. I, I The way I look at it, Indianapolis a year from now, we'll be a playoff team again. And Jacksonville is just spiraling out of control. I, I want nothing to do with them. Um, I might get burned by them. I didn't last week, though, so I'm really not afraid. You know, I, I'm entering this one with a lot of confidence. If the Jags had shown more life against Atlanta, I'd be a little bit more concerned, but they did not. And the Colts just took it to the Panthers. Okay, so just to do quickly review our picks for this week, you and I – both have the same non-key pick. We're taking Indianapolis minus four over Jacksonville. Your key pick, you're taking Houston plus four over Tennessee. Ryan is taking Denver minus three and a half for, over Oakland for his non-key pick. Kansas City minus eight for key pick Casale over those LA Chargers. That'll be a good one. And then my key pick, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills minus one and a half over the New York Jets. Let's just quickly review the four games that we had, or the I guess the six games we picked for last week. Um, so both Ryan and I went two and zero. you went one and one and our guest picker, uh, NFL insider, Ryan's dad, Rusty went Oh, and two, uh, Rusty had taken Washington minus two and a half over the New York football giants that did not come through. And both you and I were right on that one. What was your takeaway? You know, I warned Rusty about that. And the giants are, 
they they're again they just don't make any sense it's the pat pat Shermer purgatory you know it's like this is a group that you can't really figure out and i think you and i were on it that this is a team that was going to swerve right when all the fans not only giants fans but fans in america thought oh no the giants will tank for that pick wrong (laughs) wrong (laughs) this is not a team that thinks logically you know this is when you start playing games like that that's when you get into trouble so that's that's a circle back to that Broncos game, but like that's what I love about that. It's like well, the Raiders could play for the playoffs. Well, guess what? They're more than likely not going to play. They're not going to get into the playoffs. You know, there's two teams ahead of them. Uh, Pittsburgh's playing a backup quarterback, and Tennessee is playing potentially an unmotivated Houston team. Uh, you know, I just love I love a spot where the, all of America is thinking one thing: like, oh, the Giants have to lose this game. No, 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 no. They're better. They have better offensive players than the Redskins. Better quarterback too. And if I remember correctly, Ryan's going to need a big-time therapy session to talk him off the ledge uh, with the New York Giants' decision to continue winning. And I also remember, if I remember correctly, he's going to be stopping at the Meadowlands and having a a firm conversation with Gettleman. I can't wait to hear more about that. I'm wondering if part of his sickness stemmed from the Giants winning that game and blowing the opportunity (laughs) to get Chase Young. Oh, That's going to be so brutal. And he's going to just ravage them for the next 10 years. I can't wait to watch that happen. All right, going through the rest of the picks, uh, Rusty's key pick, Dallas, minus two and a half over those Philadelphia Eagles, did not come through either. That game was not close. Coulter, you went one and one. Your LA Chargers non-key pick uh, did not come through. LA Chargers minus six and a half. Your key pick did come through. The New Orleans Saints, minus two and a half over Tennessee. Uh, Ryan, he went two and oh. Baltimore, minus ten and a half over Cleveland, came through, as did Denver, minus six and a half over Detroit. And then I went 2-0 as well. I, too, took New Orleans minus 2.5 over Tennessee. And then my key pick, Kansas City minus 4.5 over Mitch Trubisky, Chicago Bears, was never in doubt. I loved that game. Yeah, you know, in hindsight, I crazily changed mine to Houston, and they barely covered against Tampa. I would have loved to just have that Kansas City one. I didn't even watch that game. You know, I'd been watching football all day, and I decided I'm going to give myself the Sunday night off. Because that game just did not entertain me at all. And sure enough, what a blowout. The Bears are just abysmal. So many problems on offense. Yikes, very much. Okay, so just to uh, highlight the standings right now, we're doing this all backwards. Ryan is still in first. He's at 29 points, 17 wins, 16 losses. I'm right there beside him. I'm hoping to eke by him this final week. I have 28 points, 18 wins, 15 losses. And then Coulter, you're down at 15 points, 12 wins, 21 losses. Uh, we'll continue to see if we can fade you on the podcast, but ride you in the pool because you've just been dominating. Yeah, I mean, it's so obvious in hindsight. You know, I laid a, almost a touchdown with Anthony Lynn last week. I mean, if you're hearing that and you're saying this guy's taking the Chargers, just go the opposite way. Or same thing with like if I'm ever betting Freddie Kitchens, like I think I had the Browns as one of my best bets earlier, earlier in the year. Just go against that. You know, don't don't listen to my handicap. Just immediately identify that I'm betting with Anthony Lynn. And just fade me. That was just, it. Was just a bad pick. Somehow he's ten and zero through the first round of games on Sunday, and then it, it all came to a sudden halt with Anthony Lynn and Jason Garrett on the road. I was texting you, telling you to give us a freaking chance because you were absolutely perfect. <laughs> it was amazing. I burned through it, and I burned through all the luck, and then just yeah, I got halted there. Anthony Lynn, Jason Garrett. It's funny the things that do me in are the bad coaches that I rail against here on the podcast. I end up choosing them for some reason. Yeah, well, we shall see. All right, anything else on this very special Christmas Eve episode? Uh, just a thanks to the listeners, uh, you know, and a warning to them, actually, I should say. This is my Christmas gift to the, the listeners. 
remember that Ryan, Aaron, and I are in this pool together. <laughs> this is a year-long pool. Week 17 counts. We have to do this. You do not have to do this. I would recommend everyone, if they want to remain sane heading into the next decade, uh, to avoid betting this weekend because Week 17 is a complete minefield. It reminds me of that trailer they keep playing, 1917, where the guy's running across the battlefield. That's literally betting in, in Week 17. <laughs> And and you have a three-point lead over second place right now. Second place has a two-point lead over me. Rusty's and any, in second, and any, you're in first. Anything can happen with that, though, seriously. With this week, it, it's so cockamamie, it's it's not even funny. It, it really is. It's an uncomfortable lead. It is a lead, but it's uncomfortable for sure. Yep, it will be fun to watch. All right, my friend, thanks for doing this on Christmas Eve. To all the listeners out there, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. We will talk to you in a week or two on Double Down Trent.